I'm going to invite Judith uh, and Will to come uh, and continue continue what they started. <laughs> um, yeah, be blessed. Take your time. And yeah, we're really looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Brilliant, thank you. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. So, um, thank you all for your welcome. It's great to be here with you, uh, worshipping with you, and to, uh, to meet God's people in an, a, another place, another expression of uh, God's worldwide body. Um, it's always one of the joys of uh, the kind of work that we do. We get to travel around to different churches in this country and different churches in other countries as well, and uh, just to know, you know, there's the... the <laughs> The breadth, yeah, exactly, of, of God's body, God's church. So, uh, yeah, we, we introduced ourselves briefly at the beginning. Um, so we've, uh, we've been members of Wycliffe Bible Translators. Um, you won't, won't believe it, we don't look that old, but since 1996 we've been involved with, with work in Central Africa. Um, and... Uh, we know that uh, some of you in this church probably know a bit about, quite a bit about Wycliffe already, because I believe you supported Sheila Tremaine in her work in Brazil for, for many years. Uh, wonderful work there as well. Um, some of you, of course, may not have heard of Wycliffe at all. Um, so we want to just uh, introduce and uh, tell you a little bit about what Wycliffe does generally um, before we sort of get on to, uh, to our work in particular. So, um, as, as Wycliffe, oh, oh, we've got that picture in first. Yeah. Oh, right, okay, there we go. Uh, that's us, that's us actually in the Central African Republic last year. Uh, we went out to attend dedication events for three New Testaments that had all been worked on for nearly 25 years each. Uh, so it was a stupendous occasion. A lot of hard work, a lot of difficulties over the course of that time. Um, and so we, that was our last but one trip to Africa. Um, it was amazing. Oh, yes, he's been since I have. Um, okay, um, so as Wycliffe, um, we dream of, we long to see a world where everybody can know Jesus through the Bible in their own language, really. That's what we'd love. Um, and um, the Bible is God's message of love, salvation to us all. And it's the way that he's reeled himself to, uh, to people. And uh, making it available to everybody around the world in languages that really speak into their hearts is a big responsibility for the church. Something that uh, is part of that, you know, Jesus telling his disciples to go and make disciples. So... Um, that's our motivation really is that desire to follow him to respond to that call and to help others to know Jesus through the Bible in their own language okay so uh, of course there's, there's about 300 of us working with Wycliffe out of the UK and we couldn't do that all on our own um, so the way that we work is by uh, teaming up with churches and local churches, organizations around the world, and playing our part in supporting them as they bring God's word to their own communities in the languages that speak to them best. 
Now, without getting kind of over-technical, it can help to understand our vision and the importance of this if we look at a few statistics. So, how many languages do you think there are in the world? So we're talking about living languages used daily by communities, by people around the world. Any, any ideas? So we had 3,000 and... Uh, and so higher than three, someone else said? 23. No, you're a bit too high there. Down a bit, Patrick? I was going to say three and a half. Yes, we'd need to go higher than that. Five? Higher, higher. 11,130. Oh, that's very... It is a precise, but yes, not, not quite right. Yeah, go on, go on then. 7,388 is the, uh, the latest figure. That figure tends to change every year um, as we kind of find out more about languages around the world. That also includes, that's not just spoken languages, it also includes sign languages. There's 386 different sign languages um, around the world. So, oh, sorry, I've just moved the piece of paper. I don't know whether he knows where we are now. Um, but it's all right, you know, numbers of languages, is, it's interesting. It does help understand the complexity of the problem, but it's, um, well, the problem, it, 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 it gives you the complexity of the world situation. But the fact is only 725 of these have the whole Bible. So it's less than 10% of those 7,388, is it? Yes. Uh, less than 10% of them have the Bible, the whole Bible. Um, and um, <clears throat> to make it more relevant and personal, languages is fine, but um, the language statistics really only matter because um, languages are spoken by people and um, that's what we believe. Sorry, I'm going to have to come over here because I need to see exactly what it says. Every language matters because every person matters to God. And so, yeah, we like the number game, but that is really important. And one in five people alive today are still waiting to get the Bible in their language. So that's what we're about. Okay. What's the next one? Next one. Yeah, yeah so... Languages without the Bible, people without the Bible. And when people hear God's word in their own language, it, it can speak into their lives in a way that nothing else can. Uh, not even if they know some other languages reasonably well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so um, just want to tell you a little story. Um, so this is a story about a guy called Jeremy. Jeremy was pastor of a church in the Central African Republic and in his language group um, at the time translators were starting to work on translating the New Testament into his language and they taught him to read it um, obviously it's no good having things translated if you can't read they taught him to read his language and they encouraged him to use the passages that had already been translated in his preaching. And the first time that he did this, um, 
he was astounded at the end of the service when a local uh, witch doctor, you could call him, traditional religious practitioner, came up to him afterwards and said, as I was hearing you preaching the word of God in my own language, a voice said to me that this was my last chance. If I didn't change now, it might be too late for me. And he did. He brought out all the bits and pieces that he used in his traditional religious practices, and he burned them publicly. And that was the power of God's word in somebody's heart language, the language that they use all the time. Before that, church services had been held. Probably this guy had been to some of them, but they'd been held in another language, uh, one of the, probably the, uh, the trade language used in the country. And it had kind of gone over his head. He might have understood some of the words, like you did when we read maybe the French, but it hadn't gone into his heart. So, um, as well as that, um, obviously that's sort of at the individual level, the impact that God's word can make um, for an individual. Sorry, we've got, yeah, we've got a lag. It's right, it's not okay. popping up when I click. Um, so, as well as that, obviously, translated scriptures are really um, significant in the life of the church. Um, evangelism and church planting. Um, if you haven't got the scriptural foundation, how, how do you tell people about Jesus? if you haven't, haven't got that scripture. In many parts of the world, um, local language scriptures are used on radio particularly. They can reach places uh, on, uh, in audio form that physical Bibles and people, Christians, may not be able to get. So that's fantastic. Social media is being used massively in people's own languages to get into countries um, where people can't take Bibles in. And as I'm sure you know, the Bible's essential for training up, whether it's kids growing in, uh, in Christian families, the Bible's got to be central um, in that, and also training church leaders, the next generation. It brings depth to church life, growth uh, in every way. And of course, we use the scriptures in our worship, in our song worship, so much of it comes out of the scriptures. So just imagining, all, you know, doing it without any of the Bible, how hard that would be. So um, we have spoken a couple of times already about, we've mentioned Central African Republic, so that's where we spent most of our time while we were in Africa. Uh, we re returned to live in the UK about 11 years ago when our kids um, got to age 18 and so on. Um, CAR isn't that well known here in the UK, um, but you can see on the map, I hope. You got the map? Um, it's right in the heart of Africa, the name kind of gives it away, Central African Republic. Um, and it's a fantastic country, um, but also very troubled. So we don't really have time to go into all the stuff that we've gathered up over 20 odd years um, about, of experience, but we're happy to talk to you afterwards a little bit more about CAR. Um, but it is a particularly needy, if you like, an, a needy place. Um, it, it's had sporadic, really horrible violence into um, sort of civil war type of violence over more than 10 years now. Um, that's just not resolved yet. Um, so the infrastructure is terrible. It's the fourth poorest country in the world. Um, uh, the World Bank 
figures. Um, it's fourth poorest in the world. Um, you know, so schools, healthcare, um, all the infrastructure like um, electricity, internet, water, transport, it's all as bad as you can imagine, really. Um, <clears throat> there is persecution of Christians in some areas, and there is just a lack of Christian resources and teaching and training and so on. So my experience there over these 20 years has led me to the point where I believe that God's word in people's own languages is the only thing that's going to make a significant difference. Because that country has been evangelized since the 1920s. Missions are celebrating their centenaries, but people haven't changed. And I believe that's because although the gospel was told, it never really reached deep into people's lives because they didn't hear it in their own languages. Um, and so I'm quite convinced that's what makes me get up in the morning. One of several things, but it is one of them, um, is that God's word can change people from the inside out. And when that happens, a society can change. Do you want me to carry on? I can carry on. I love this map. It's also a country with about 100 languages. Uh, and it doesn't have a very large population. So some of those languages are tiny, tiny. Some of them we don't even know whether the, the, the language is still alive. Um, and you can see on this map that some of it is colored red. That represents the um, languages without scriptures. Now, the map is also dated 2016. And it's fantastic to be able to report some of the things that God has been doing since we got this map done. I'm negotiating for a new one, but as you can imagine, it's quite a technical process and uh, hasn't happened yet. But things like there are three countries in uh, three areas, language areas in, well, there are four, in yellow. One over there, that's the same. Whoop, come back. That's one language area there and the two up there. Those are the three languages which um, launched their New Testaments last year after, as I said, about 25 years of work in each language. So that's fantastic. There are 15,000 copies of New Testaments in, in those three languages. That there didn't used to be. Uh, that's brilliant. And that's probably reaching, that's the potential to reach about, I reckoned it was 425,000 people or so. And being there last year was just amazing. Best best thing really ever yeah we've been having been involved with translation work there since you know the turn of the millennium pretty much we'd seen spent an awful long time seeing not much happen well, apparently not much happening so it was wonderful to actually uh, get to the point where we, we we saw you know this fruit arriving so these these pictures were both taken at the uh, one of the dedications for the Mbugu New Testament yeah yeah you can have a look at that on afterwards so dedicated the New Testament wonderful is that the end <laughs> no <laughs> it's not <laughs> in some ways it's the end but but it, really it's just the beginning there, there are two very important ways why it, it's not the the end first it's you could you could compare it in some ways to a wedding day and a wedding day marks the relationship that's gone already it's launching actually the couple into the real work of marriage after all that uh, they've been through up to that point and all the but knowing all the growth and change that's going to come to after that you could also compare it to the birth of a child 
after you know nine months of pregnancy leading up to that time all that growth and potential that's there in the in the baby that's born but it's not the that's not the end is it when the baby's born there's years and years of of teaching and, and nurturing and nourishing to go on ahead and you know so what's what lies ahead for these uh, these communities that have got the new testament now in their language and uh, how is the future going to be different for this young mother is her baby's home life is its formative years going to be different because her mother has the new testament and is able to read it in her language it's just the start of all the things that could be so uh, if you think about it please pray for many lives to be touched by the word of god in the current generation and the generations to come another thing that uh, we can pray for many people actually can't read yet or they may be able to read in french which is the language of education or in sango which is the uh, yeah, the, the language, the first language that was read for us, which is a, a kind of trade language spoken across the, the country, but not able to read yet in their own language. And uh, the picture here shows the, the national director of the uh, CAR Wycliffe organization explaining the writing system to a couple of local military leaders at the dedication. And they'd... Uh, they'd been presented with copies of the New Testament, um, but they just needed a bit of help to get going on, on reading them in their own languages. So pray for the, uh, the literacy work that's going on and for other ways of uh, interacting with God's word with the uh, audio form. There are little SD cards that people can put in their telephones and, uh, and hear uh, the words. So there's, uh, the Jesus film as well on those things so that they can watch that on their phones or tablets. Pray for uh, training for pastors, for children's workers to be able to use those scriptures and that the God's word will reach into people's lives. The, uh, the other way that it's not the end of the work, these three, is that our partner organization over there um, is now moving ahead with eight brand new language projects, translation projects. They just got started this year and when we were out there just a couple of weeks ago we, we got to meet the new translators for the first time and that's uh, 23 new faces to try and remember and names to recall. And including one, one woman for the first time ever we have a woman in one of the translation teams which I'm really excited about and it was just amazing to be there and meet these people and to think of the potential in those eight new uh, language communities um, now potentially being reached. Um, so there is, despite all that I said about it being a really rubbish country really, um, God has just done so much. People have been praying. I have seen so many answers to prayer. God's doing stuff and the doors are open. It's incredible. Eight new projects started in a country where we have struggled for the last 20 years to support the previous nine. Um, doors are opening despite the war, despite everything. So really do pray for, for fruit from all that's going on there and thank God for what he's doing.
as well as those eight new projects, there's also three Old Testament projects beginning in the, uh, in the coming years. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> you were wrong. It was three. <laughs> and, and there's another project that got suspended a few years back that's restarting. So there's all sorts of uh, things happening. Um, so no, it's definitely not the end. And I um, guess we haven't talked a bit of it really about what we're involved in, what we do. So, so my work is as a translation consultant, which means that I support the work that's being done by local translators in their own languages through checking their work to make sure that it's uh, as accurate, as natural, as clear as possible. And a lot of that work is done at the moment from home, uh, through the internet, which is sometimes a challenge, given the state of the internet over there, but also through uh, making regular visits out to CAR. And I've also been working with some of the teams as they finish up the New Testament, as they finish translating, uh, to do to clear up, clean up the manuscript, make sure it's ready to be published. And there's there's lots of detailed work that's involved in that to to get everything looking good, make sure that words are used consistently, spelt consistently, translated consistently, etc., etc. And the other thing I'm involved in is helping people, local people, who finish their own translation um, to do the same work that I'm doing in the future. And one of those is in this picture, Benoit, in the middle. Uh, he's one of our consultants in training. And he's lovely. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just a really exciting work to be involved in, um, you know, making God's word available to people I may never meet. And, uh, you know, sometimes the day-to-day -day work is a bit, seems a bit mundane, but when you think about the big picture, I can't think of anything better really to do with my life. <laughs> um, so uh, what I do mainly is um, telling the story. My strapline is telling the story for God's glory. That's what I want to do, and get people praying for it. So um, I have, I run a, there's a Facebook page, and there are weekly uh, prayer emails, uh, which you can sign up for. Um, I've got a thing out there with the details on. Um, and uh, I've managed to gather up a team of about 200 praying people around the globe who, um, who pray regularly for the work. And we've just seen God do so many things. Um, so that's, um, yeah, basically what I do, isn't it? So that's us working together towards a world where everyone can know G Jesus through the Bible in their language together. Uh, and that is actually more than just us and them. That would be us and them and potentially you as well. We haven't got the clicks written in here. Are you going to talk and I'll click? So, the, I mean, if you're interested in knowing more, then there are various things that you can do. And there are things that basically all of us can do. First is just get informed and stay in touch. You know, find out more about us, about Wycliffe. We put out, handed out the, uh, the copy of Wycliffe's magazine, did yeah, you? Magazine. Yeah, so... Have a look at that. If you're interested in, in getting it, you can uh, contact Wycliffe and, uh, or even there's a sign-up sheet on our table out there 
you can get that sent to you free. If you're interested in our work, you can get our newsletters as well. The next thing you can do, which everyone can do, is to pray. Um, there's, uh, there's prayer news inside the uh, uh, prayer diary, inside the, uh, the magazine. Um, again, sign up for that if you want. Sign up for um, our prayer news. We've got uh, some prayer topics again out on the table if you want just a little reminder um, of prayer, how to pray for CAR and Bible translation out there. Um, you can uh, sign up on social media, Facebook, if you're uh, interested in, in getting Judith's um, regular messages. The other way, of course, is to give. Bible translation isn't cheap. You can support individual missionaries, you can support projects, you can give to the work generally. Um, lots of details on Wycliffe's website, um, with details again in the, uh, in the magazine. And um, what I didn't say, but what I've been doing for the last eight years is um, helping people like ourselves who raise um, personal financial support for their ministry. So if you've got any questions at all on God, money and ministry, I'm very happy to talk afterwards if you, um, yeah, just any questions on uh, God and money, really, uh, and how that all works, do feel free to come and ask me. Um, and in addition, um, to be honest, we can still use anybody, <laughs> pretty much, no, not anybody, we can still use people with a huge range of gifts and abilities and availability and if anything being involved in mission work today is much more flexible than it has ever been before and it is not the case that it's over and we don't need to send people that is so so clear there are huge needs and we in this country are blessed with so much in the way of resources including things like education that it is our privilege and our responsibility to use for God's glory around the world. So, um, you know, whether it's you, whether it's somebody you know, um, continue to reflect on whether your, your going is going in spirit, in prayer, and, and, and really, like, involving yourself in a place somewhere else that God has just put in your heart. That's, that kind of partnership is a kind of going. Uh, but also we, we can use people uh, doing all sorts of different things. Um, <clears throat> And we're there. Okay. Do you want to take us back? Okay. So finally, the last thing that we can all do, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, is use the Bible that you have and make it accessible to everyone you can. We've all got Bibles in our own languages. We've had the Bible in English for about 400 years. I believe the Bible in Ukrainian has been available for about the same length of time. We've been blessed by that. It's shaped British culture. Jesus says in, in John 20, verse 31, these signs, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Many people around the world still don't have these things written in their language. So what about 
those people who don't have access to the message, how are they going to hear his voice? We've talked about some of the ways we can be involved in Bible translation work around the world, and it would be great if there was someone here that was you know, ready and willing and being called by God to pick up the baton and run with it. But if that's not what God is saying to you today, then there are still things that you can do. You can be involved with helping send others, supporting other people, local people, through, around the world, through, through prayer, through giving. But you can also help to make the Bible accessible to your neighbors, the people you come across from day to day. You can help them to get hold of copies of the Bible in a, a modern English version or in audio versions for those who are not comfortable reading or in their own language if English isn't their first language. There are many things available these days, um, either printed or also on apps on your phone and that kind of thing. And you can talk to them about what they're reading or what they're hearing. And uh, like uh, Philip did with the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch who was reading the scriptures and, and just needed someone to help him understand it. So uh, just want to take the last bit. <laughs> Is there another click on there? We, um, so we talked about the, um, that little Zacchaeus episode uh, last year when we heard the chap retell the story. Uh, it was at that Mbugu dedication event where we saw the people in the green shirts uh, with their brand new New Testaments. And um, he, was, he was just brilliant. He was actually like a local government um, chappy, but he got all the kids on side first. And to be honest, we've been there about four hours by then. It was very, very hot. I couldn't wait for it to finish. I saw another person get up to give yet another speech, and I thought, oh, no. And he was brilliant. He got all the kids, like, he was getting them on side. He was saying, there's this way they do it. They sort of ask a question, and all the kids would shout the reply, and he'd ask a question. And, and then he got onto this whole Zacchaeus thing. And um, so it was a great children's talk, but, you know, every good children's talk should, should have something for the adults as well, and this really did. And actually, I think he was speaking Sango, not French. I don't really speak Sango, but I got it. He was that good. Um, and he, he just emphasized that now they had the scriptures in their own language. Things had changed. Jesus had come to their town today in this book. Zacchaeus had to climb a tree to see Jesus, but we don't. We can meet him in the pages of our own Bibles through his presence in us, uh, in his spirit in us. And yes, we, you know, we can share with others. That is really, really important. But first, we're bringing it right back home here. There are no barriers for us to know him. We are among the most privileged you can think of. So let's really covenant to get to grips with that. Uh, make the most of what we have, really, you know, what's the word, submerge ourselves in, uh, in God's word and become the people he wants us to be, um, respond to Jesus's invitation for that deeper relationship 
with him. Um, I think as believers in today's world, um, let's get down out of our tree, let's sit down with Jesus in our homes, in the open pages of our Bibles. Um, and you, you know the story, you know how much Zacchaeus changed. Let's be people who are changed from encountering Jesus in the Bible. I love the use of the word submerge there at the end because it's, it's pinging, yeah. No, submerge is a wonderful word because, you know, Matthew's getting baptized today and baptized is like being submerged, right? We can all be submerged in God's word today, can't we? That's really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what I would like us to do in the time um, that we have is, is to pray. To let's do that now. Why wait? Let's do it now. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, Peter, there's a, a slide um, that we've got. Um, we can pray for the Central African Republic. We can pray um, for, for Will and Judith. We can pray for the work of translators. Um, and it might be that there are people here who are learning languages. I think we could pray for people who are learning languages. I'm doing a bit on Duolingo, which is, um, uh, uh, there you go, so you can pray for me too. Um, but uh, let's pray. So if, um, if you want to, feel free to just um, be yourself and to kind of be uh, kind of quiet and pray still. If you want to gather together with other people, that's fine too. You can just move around a bit. 